Hey, I'm Kevin. Hey, I'm Johnny Yee. Tune into our radio show, Philly Rock Live. We play the classic hard rock and metal from the 70s and 80s. We grew up on. We play the new music those same bands are making today. And we play new music from around the world. Not to mention the great bands from our own local scene. You will not hear a mix of music like this anywhere else. If it kicks ass, we, we play it. Philly Rock Live. Thursday, 7 to 9 p.m. Philly time. On phillyrockradio.com. Listen online with your mobile device or even your smart speaker. And now, and now, it's time for another edition of the Sports and Metal Podcast. We talk hard-hitting sports and bone-crunching metal. Sports and Metal, because sports and metal go better together. Now here's your host, Jason Voorhees, and Aaron Savage. Oh yeah! Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Sports and Metal Podcast. We are your hosts. This is Aaron Savage. With me, as always, Mr. Jason Voorhees. What's going on, Jay? What's up, brother? How are you, man? Doing all right. Good, good. Uh, very excited about the show this week. We have a special guest, um, East Coast promoter, Christina Avila. Um, but before we bring Christina out, I, we'd be remiss if we didn't at least mention um, the coming out party. For Carl Nassib, the NFL's first active NFL player to come out as gay. So that's a big, big moment in sports history, NFL history. Um, it's almost like a Jackie Robinson moment. It's almost like Rob Halford coming out. I mean, if heavy metal is like a macho game, then the NFL is the other macho game. So this is like, to me, this is like on that level, you know, as far as that goes. So big announcement there. And other big news in the metal world this week, Metallica announced that they're going to be releasing a 30-year anniversary re-release of the Black Album. It's insane. It's going to have a remastered version of the Black Album. I think there's bonus tracks. Oh, look at that. I'm playing it by accident. There's one of the cover tunes. I don't want to get us uh, muted for copyright infringement there. <laughs> but um, they're, they're going to have um, – there's going to be a whole, I think, like 56 artists or 36 artists, something like that covering various songs from the black album on a bonus album uh, or i don't know if it's multiple album multiple discs on the set but um i saw any i saw um highlights of it or heard portions of it. miley cyrus was doing i think nothing else matters i mean it ran the gamut i mean uh, there was a cover of struggle one band did the struggle within i mean there was country musicians pop musicians metal musicians so musicians from across the board covering their favorite metallica tracks from the black album that's going to be part of the re-release. So, Jay, I'm super excited about that, bro. Oh, no doubt. I'm stoked. I can't Absolutely. wait. Me too, man. It's big, big, big news. Um, but without further ado, uh, we do have a special guest this week. Uh, she's an East Coast promoter of heavy metal bands. Um, some of her roster includes, or artists that she's worked with, include Stepchild, which was a you know pretty big band on the strip in the late 80s. Um I know they they play, played with got like guys like Great White, things like that. Um, toured with a lot of musicians. They played at Kazaris. They played, you know, uh, the Whiskey a Go Go. Um, she's also manages the uh, Renaissance Rock Orchestra, of which we had Greg on last week. Uh, she's worked with a lot of bands. Uh, so here, without further ado, let's welcome to the show Christina Avila. Hi guys. Hey Christina, how are you? 
Good, how are you? Good, I hope I'm saying it right. Is it Avila? That's right. Awesome, I didn't want to mess it up. <laughs> no, okay, I've gotten so many. Yeah, Greg was on the show last week joking he couldn't pronounce it. <laughs> it's a Spaniard name. I'm from Cuban. And I also yes. have a Spaniard in my family. Okay. Avila is a city in Spain. So a lot of people assume it's a Cuban name, but it's a Spaniard name. Okay. Okay, cool. So, Christina, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, your background, and how you got into music promotion? Um, I just turned 48 years old. I'm part Cuban. Spaniard, Syrian, American. Um, growing up as a kid, music was a big thing. I have three older sisters, 18 years older, a 16-year-older, and a nine-years-older. And the nine-year-older lived at home when I was little. And just Saturday mornings doing chores and watching American Bandstand, Solid Gold, Soul Train, and trying to do housework, trying to do chores, and just watching those shows. And that just brought music into my life. When my dad used to work for a shipping department called Bridgeport Machines in Bridgeport, on Fridays when he would get paid, he would come home, my mom would put lipstick on, a pretty red lipstick, and they would be dancing. So all those stories about my parents dancing as a kid also. Okay. Um, I started doing the promoting. I lost my dad 11 years ago. Oh, sorry and, to hear that. Um, thank you. Music was something so big. And I want to do something in his memory in honor of my dad. Um, my best friend, my fiance, my daughter were pushing me to start a music page. And I thought, okay. So I was working with two bands from London, Guilt and Pleasures and Heaven's Basement. And unfortunately they broke up. But then from then I started working with other musicians, um, made some mistakes like we all do. Worked with the wrong people, but I took a break. Uh, last April, sadly, I lost my mom. Oh, geez. Yeah, so um, it's more of an honor to pay tribute to her and my dad on what I'm doing now. And now from the words of advice from my father and my mom, to work with the people that have been good to you, to support, to keep on going, um, just good advice. Cool. To be kind, forgive, move on, let go, don't have regrets, don't have grudges. And since losing my mom, a lot of the musicians that I've worked with, you know how it is. I mean, some of them are great and a lot of them I've been very blessed with. But then again, I was trying to fit in, making some mistakes, working with the wrong people. Never been to LA in my life. Always wanted to go into the LA scene as a kid. So that's what I feel like I'm doing right now is work is being part of the eighties metal scene in LA. <laughs> so obviously you're a child of the eighties metal scene. That's, that's. Oh, yep. Yeah. Born 1973. So, yep. As we are, we're a couple years younger, but that's, we grew up <laughs> in the same. So, you, you know, you, you talk about, you do this as a tribute to your parents. What kind mm -hmm. of music were your parents into? Oh, and God. how did you get into the 80s metal? Um, well, my dad was Cuban, so he taught me how to Spanish dance. My mom was from here, but her family was from the Middle East. So they loved, um, they used to go ballroom dancing. 
Um, they used to walk to this really cool ballroom. They used to do ballroom dancing. My mom used to do the jitterbug. Okay. Um, <laughs> but my mom also did Syrian Middle Eastern dancing. And we were taught that as kids from my mom too. Um, they just always had Glenn Miller band, Frank Sinatra, Perry Como. Um, we grew up with all kinds of stuff. I mean, from that to the Bee Gees to all kinds of stuff as a kid. They took me to my first concert. I think it was 11 or 12 with a Spanish band called Menudo. Ricky Martin. Menudo. Yep. Ricky Martin. <laughs> that was my first concert that my parents took me to. So, yep, that's how it all started. Okay. So how'd you make the transition into 80s metal girl? Um, well, I'm still into Spanish music. I love Syrian music. Um, but that was just something that I grew up with. Um, our local mall had two record shops, Record Town, Ralph Lawnman. And I just remember, probably I was a junior in high school, all of these so-called girls all had boyfriends or friends with long hair. So I wanted to fit in. So I would go, I would wait in line for the CD or cassette, not knowing what it was. I just wanted to meet a boy, guy. Um, and that's how I started by going to the record stores, um, hanging out, getting into trouble, innocent trouble. But yeah, that's how it started. Awesome. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your business? Um, what is the name of your promotion company? And how have you how have you recruited the artists that you're currently working with or that you've worked with in the past? Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Um, my business, my business is Christina Avila Artists and Promotions. I'm working by myself. I don't have a team. Um, some of the time it's been hearing of a band from someone that I know, going to see the local bands here in Connecticut. We just started opening up. We were shut down for a while because I'm close to New York. Mm -hmm. But then Northern Connecticut is close to Boston. So it took us a while to open up our venues. Um, some of our theaters are not even open yet. We don't even know, probably not until next year when the major theaters are gonna open. Um, but like word of mouth, um, going on Facebook, checking out different bands, checking out different genres. Friends of mine tell me about such and such a band. Sometimes I reached out, some of them, um, really good friend of mine who I met for the last time Two weeks ago, his name is Roy Costin. He's in this phenomenal hard rock band in central New York called Love Bone. He was doing a show with his guitar students at his um, at a beautiful park because he's a guitar teacher for his local YMCA. And the guest vocalist who I got to meet was Ronnie Monroe from okay. Metal Church and Transparian. Huh. And what a nice guy. Phenomenal, talented. My fiance went up. We got to meet Roy, we got to hang out with Roy. So Roy found me from someone that I was working with that he knew of. Um, but sometimes it could just people, you know, reaching out to me, hey, I'm such and such a bass player, guitar player, looking for someone to get the word out for me. Um, for now, I'm doing it for the passion, for the love of it. However, once things go back to normal, I don't even know if that's the right word to say, um, when bands are able to play out or if I can get them to come here, I'll make a cut. We have a new theater, an amphitheater in Bridgeport called the 
Harvard Healthcare Amphitheater in Bridgeport, and it's going to be beautiful. It's going to open the end of July. And if I can get some bands to come here to play next year, I'll make a cut from that. Um, but for now, it's just going out, supporting, doing videos, taking pictures, doing things like that, getting the word out, getting them interviews, um, just things like that to help them out. So right now, this is all just for the passion of it. I've been doing this for about four and a half years. And I was always it was always about the passion, the love of it. Um, my gosh, I've worked with so many people. I started out working with two sets of twin brothers. The name of the band was called Crosby. Now they're called War Brothers. And they were 20 years younger than me. So I learned a lot of what to do and what not to do. Um, but it was a fun experience working with them. Um, just so many people. In New Jersey, I had gone to six or seven years ago, probably longer, to a holiday show with this um, featuring this band called Rock Andy. And they've been a cover band for 30-something years. And the front man is named Ian Chris, and he told me about Rick Fox. They played in a band together in the 70s called Sin. Rick Fox, he's the original bass player from Wasp. Mm -hmm. And... Ian told me about Rick. I reached out to Rick. I've been working with him. And Rick has been guiding me along the way of who to work with. And I don't want to say who to work with, who not to work with, but he's been a big influence of mine. Now Greg Fox is a huge influence of mine. Kevin Jones is a big influence also. Roy Costin, Ronnie Robson. Um, he's a touring and session bass player from Toronto, Canada. Um, Roy introduced me to a well-known guitar player who started with Fog Hat, Leonard Skinner, and so many musicians named Lou DiBello, who's in Chicago, Illinois. So the list goes on and on and on. Cool. Yeah, Rick yeah, Fox I, is originally from Amityville, New York, so he's, mm -hmm. a, he's a local East Coast guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I got to say, I mean, so far, like, just what I'm getting, I mean, it, it's pretty impressive. Like, you basically – started this you, you didn't go to school for it you just basically kind of you know it became a passion and and now you're just running with it and i think that's amazing i think it's Thank an amazing you. story like uh you mentioned ronnie monroe like I, I gotta say like he's one of my most underrated vocalists uh, you know i've ever heard honest to god i'm a diehard metal church fan and mm -hmm. i actually liked the albums that they did with him the most uh generation nothing it was mm -hmm. one of my favorite metal church albums of all time. And it never even gets talked about. True. That guy, that guy's an absolute, you know, he, he can, he can wail on, on the vocals. And um, I'm definitely, uh, you know, obviously, you know, impressed with, you know, the resume of the people that you've kind of come to know. Um, it kind of brings me to my question. I, I kind of was wondering, like, what was your, what was the first metal concert that you ever went to? Wow. Yeah, you told us your first concert. Yeah. You said, and you said what you liked as far as music. What was your concert. first metal concert that you ever attended? Oh, my gosh. I mean. I'll I tell was, you mine when you're done. So I'll, I, was I'll an, I was an adult. I wasn't, you know, like 18 or 19. It's okay. Because in high school, I went to a Catholic high school. And I was the nerd. I was the geek. So I never, like, really went out. I never did anything like that. I had, a, I, you know, some dated some guys, but they just weren't in to the music that I was interested in. 
Oh my gosh, the first concert. Oof, that's a tough one. Um, geez Louise. Put you on the spot. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I think it must have been maybe Def Leppard and Kiss. I think. Okay. I've been to Great so many concerts, but I think it must have been. That must yeah. be later because I don't remember them touring together. I mean, going back, even going back to the Hysteria tour, I remember it was Tesla on the In the Round tour, the Def Leppard In the Round tour for the Hysteria record. Tesla opened that tour. And um, if you've heard the stories, Def Leppard had like a secret area under that stage. Right. Yes. <laughs> That's a, that's I don't know if you consider Skillet to be metal, but I had seen Skillet. So this is really? okay. Skillet's wow. Christian metal. It's still metal. I saw them open up for Creed. Okay, so yeah, so you were talking early two thousand. Yeah. I saw Sammy Hagar with um, Jason Bonham. It was like an anniversary of Led Zeppelin. Awesome, awesome. So that was uh, one of our casinos. We had to. I had taken my daughter with my fiance to see that. And it blew me away. Awesome. Just blew me away. So right, I'm going to be my first concert. I'm sorry, Jay. What was that? No, I was saying, so she's a late bloomer. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing I wrong mean, with that. I'm going to tell you mine since I said I would. Okay. And it's gonna, I'm going to tell you a funny story from that. And I hope I don't okay. offend anybody. But it's a true, <laughs> funny story. Okay. So my first concert was at the PNC Art Center in Homedale, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. 1987. Snake. On the self-titled tour, wow! You know, the big White Snake records. That was a huge tour. Great White opened the show. So my first concert, I was 11 years old. It was 87. I was 11 years old. My mom took my sister and I, and uh, so like I said, it was Great White and White Snake. I love the bands. Love the show. It was a great era to see that those bands. They were at their peak of their powers, and I'll never forget. First of all, smelling all the pot. <laughs> you know, I'm 11 years old. I'm like, what is that smell? Because you know, I, I remember we had lawn seats. It was pouring rain like a monsoon the whole show, but I was in all my glory at this concert. The rain didn't bother us at all. Living the dream. And I'll never forget when David Coverdale introduced the band. And he goes, and on the bass guitar, <laughs> this man has sucked more titties than any other man on the face of the earth. Mr. Rudy Sazo. Oh, I, I'm 11 years old and I'm standing next to my mom. Talk about awkward. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. Oh my gosh, that's it's amazing. But yeah, that was my first show. And, and I saw, starting probably in that summer, that was my beginning of seeing thousands of shows. Because back then mm -hmm. in the 80s, at the PNC Art Center, well, that's what it's called now. Back then it was called the Garden State Art Center. And it wasn't owned by a bank. It was, I think, owned by the Turnpike Authority, the New Jersey Turnpike. And you could actually get season tickets back then. So my mom got them. I remember we would go to a show every weekend. I saw the B-52s with the Violent Femmes. So not even metal shows. I saw the Beach Boys with John Stamos on the drums. Oh remember God. when John Stamos was on Full House? Yeah. I saw that tour. I mean, I, you name a show I, in the 80s, I saw it. It's starting in 87. Because we would go to, I saw, I'm embarrassed to say, especially on sports and metal. I don't know if I can get away with this, but I had a little sister. I saw Tiffany with the new kids on the block. You didn't hear oh that here. You God. did not hear that on sports oh. and metal. <laughs> you know what? My first concert, my sister took me, she lived in Cleveland. 
her husband worked for Nestle's and he just retired. She lived Nestle? all over. Did you say Nestle? Nestle's. Okay, my stepfather worked for Nestle's. He just retired. And he retired about four years ago and she lived in Cleveland, Ohio. And my my first concert has nothing to do with metal. My parents took me to see Menudo. I was about 11 or 12. Then when I was 15, I saw Debbie Gibson. I and saw I Debbie all, Gibson. We saw thing just like her. <laughs> I saw Debbie Gibson. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> I saw I it. Too. I was. I had a little sister, so I saw all these concerts. I yeah. even saw the Aaron, Dirty Dancing Tour. Jay, I saw the Dirty Dancing Tour. Don't tell anybody. I'm very disappointed in you. There's a um your metal persona head. is 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 yeah, painful. I know the curtain has been peeled. No, I'm a metalhead. I you saw these it. when I was eleven. I had a sister. I get some I get a break. I also saw Poison. Oh White Snake. I saw Guns N' Roses, Metallica, and Faith No More at Giant Stadium in '92. Wow. Quiet Riot. I saw some shows. ACDC. Quiet Riot. Well, I started seeing that when I got older, after I graduated high school, living we in old New Jersey. I mean, you saw a lot of shows with me at this venue, but we used to go to the Birch Hill. I used to go to the Birch Hill a couple times a week. That was where I started to see a lot of these bands when they weren't necessarily at their peaks anymore, but putting on great shows. I saw Warren probably 10 times on the ultraphobic tour, belly to belly. I saw Ugly Kid Joe. I saw Ugly Kid Joe at their peak with Def Leppard and Extreme. And then I saw them again, like in a smaller venue at Birch Hill. I mean, back in the day, I saw David Lee Roth on the Little Ain't Enough tour. Um, but we, we saw so many of those club shows, Quiet Riot. Um, I saw Rat in the clubs in the 90s. I mean, all the 80s bands I saw in clubs in the 90s. And that was some of the best times of my life. You know, at the Birch Hill. I, I rest in peace, Birch Hill. Now it's condos. <laughs> Another product of uh, gentrification, I guess, if you want. You know, whatever. There's Improvements. There's a here in Connecticut called Toad's Place. It's been around for 45 years. And I'm just thinking about it now. And this is something that nobody knows. <laughs> I had an ex-boyfriend that would sneak me into some of these shows. Okay. I didn't even know who half these bands were. I just liked him. I didn't care. Great White was there a while ago. Like I said, I didn't even know who half of these bands were. I was just into this guy. Okay. <laughs> and I just, thinking about it right now, I saw Great White. I don't remember what happened, but I just remember seeing Great White and thinking, oh my gosh, Great White. And so many years later, wow. So now I can, now because of you guys, when people say to me, oh, what was your first concert? Toad's Place? What concert? Great White? What year? I don't remember the year, but someone snuck me in. So oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah, those are great stories. Yeah. Great White. That was that was sad what happened to them. Yes. Wasn't that up near where you are? Not far. That was in Rhode Island. An hour and a half away from me, too. Yeah. 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 You, um, I saw, I saw, not to get off the subject, but I saw a picture with you, you and John Karabi. Yes, we had a really cool venue called River Rock Tavern, and it's about half hour from me. And the promoter at the time was in a band years ago. Then he became a promoter and he brought in a lot of national acts. So I got to meet, um, oh my gosh. 
Mike Tramp, when he had longer hair, was freaking out. Good friend of mine named Todd was doing sound. And my buddy Duncan McIntyre, oh my gosh, without Duncan, he's in this band called Vengeance in Connecticut. But he's, he was in L.A. I don't know if he made it in L.A. or not. But he's in a phenomenal metal band called Vengeance. And he's toured with so many bands. And he and Todd were the ones that basically told me about Mike Tram coming. My fiance and I went. And when he walked in, I thought, oh, my gosh. Ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. The nicest guy you want to meet. Then um, Hookers and Blow came to Connecticut with Dizzy Reed, Alex Brassi, originally from Bridgeport, Connecticut. Mike Duda, who's in Wasp, his parents, he's from originally from West Haven, Connecticut. My fiance and I got to hang out with his parents. John Kelly from Typo Negative. Um, I can't remember who else was at the show, but we got to meet all the guys. But Mike Duda was my favorite. Then Faster Pussycat came to Connecticut. And um, Tammy Down, I guess, was feeling sick after the show. So we went back to into his tour bus. But the other guys and I, Chad Stewart, Ace Van Johnson, who's now with LA Guns, um, two of the other guys, Chad Stewart, Christian Snyman, who has um, a social distancing group page that he started on Facebook. Um, he was there. And we just had fun talking about football and beer and things like that. And then Mike Tram came again with the shorter gray hair and John Karabi, and they did an acoustic show. And ever since then, well, with the pandemic too, the promoter is no longer there. So I don't know if they're gonna be getting national acts or not anymore, but that was a lot of fun too. Oh, and I got to meet Billy Sheehan at okay. Toad Place with the winery dogs. Very nice. Oh, he was amazing. My partner I must've had a bad night cause he just walked off to the tour bus. Same thing with um, Richie Cotson. Maybe they had a bad night, but Billy Sheehan hung out with everyone at this pizza place right next door. We had pizza. And we hung out with him and we talked to him and he was just such a nice guy. Very cool. Thank you. Anyway, but Christine, I will say this, as you know, this is the sports and metal podcast. Yeah. So <laughs> you have to tell us, you said you were a Yankee fan and a giant fan. Yes. Uh-oh. Jay's going to lose his mind. <laughs> I'm also a Mets fan too. Cause my dad was a Mets fan. Well, Aaron loves you now then. Aaron's a diehard. That's it. I'm a Mets fan. I grew up with Piazza. I mean, my gosh. Can't go wrong with Mikey. No. <laughs> and then with the Yankees, there was a period of Bernie Williams, Derek Jeter, with the, well, you know, um, Jorge Posada, those guys. But Aaron Judge, and my daughter is a Red Sox fan. But when she says Aaron's Judge, he just, and the Giants, my father was a Jets fan. Okay. But the Giants, for me, okay, I'm not going to lie. Eli Manning. Once I saw him, that was it. He's I your crush? About football. <laughs> it was just all about Eli Manning. <laughs> he's, I think he's definitely – I think uh, he's definitely more the looker between him and Peyton. Peyton's <laughs> a sweetheart. Oh, my gosh. There was well, a Peyton, you could show him a movie on his forehead. Ooh, I didn't say that. <laughs> I went to a concert with my fiance before the pandemic. And there was a guy sitting right next to me, no lie, that looked just like Peyton Manning. Okay. And I thought, what the heck? 
I should have asked him, are you Peyton Manning? Maybe it was. Maybe it was him. Maybe it was. I don't know. I feel like an idiot. But okay. I mean, Mike Piazza is a metal fan. Yes, he yeah. is. Big time metal fan. And he plays the drums. Yeah. And then I know Bernie Williams has a, a Caribbean uh, yeah, band. He, he plays he, guitar. Very accomplished guitar player, Bernie yes. Williams. Yeah. 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 And I know you and Jay are, have, are sharing in your misery. His Sixers just blew it. And your Nets blew it. No, so no, you, you guys I'm, are. I'm a Knicks fan, but the Knicks was the Nets. So yeah. What's that? I'm originally a New York Knicks, a New York Knicks, Knicks fan. Got yeah, okay. but the Nets are good too. Anything New York. Got it. The Rangers, you know, they're that's my hockey team. So. Awesome. Yeah, and anyone that beats the Patriots, well, when they had Tom Brady, so. If you're an Eagles fan, thank you for doing that. <laughs> I'm a diehard Eagles fan. Jason appreciates that. Brady that one year. Thank you. Jason appreciates that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the love. Well, I have a confession. I used to have a T-shirt that said, I like two teams, the Mets and whoever's playing the Yankees. Oh! <laughs> I used to like you. Come I'm sorry, Christine. I'm only teasing. I I'm only teasing. Right hey, Dad passed away. My mom and I, my daughter we went to Philadelphia. I did a bad thing. I went there wearing my Mets t-shirt. Coming home, I wore my New York Giants Super Bowl t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Philly's fan, Philly fans are brutal. Well, no one noticed it, but then I said to my daughter, because she's a, she was a Steelers fan, now she's a Patriots fan. Mom, where, I said to her, Tamara, where is all the Steelers stuff? Mom, we're in Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, geez. Okay, sorry. <laughs> well, not not all Philly fans are like that, Aaron. I'm no. not. No. You're not, but a lot are. Dude, I'll never forget we were at a <laughs> we were at a Phillies Pirates game. Me and Aaron. Oh yeah, wow. and I don't even I might have had a Met shirt on. I'm gonna say I did. You did. These guys started having beef with me. And then because Jay said something. They all wanted to jump Jay, and they were all Phillies fans. Like they're out of their minds. Oh, yeah. You remember that? They would yeah, play it, was, the it was probably one of the craziest things I remember, like as a sports fan. Like I'm a diehard, obviously, but Aaron's my best friend. We're best friends. He's a Mets fan. I'm an Eagles fan. I'm a Phillies fan. He's a, he's a Dolphins fan. Like we have different teams. Doesn't mean we're not best friends, right? And, you know, we're, we're tailgating. We go to walk into the game, and these guys start shouting at Aaron, like, F you, we're going to kill you. And then, so then I'm like, dude, calm down. So I start, like, kind of jumping in the middle, and they want to jump me. Yeah. Oh, no. And then like, I remember there was something similar on the way out where we couldn't get out of the parking lot. But then these guys started yelling at some other guy with a pirate shirt, so they forgot about us. So <laughs> that's kind of when I realized, man. What they say about Philly fans is, is really true because I kind of experienced it on – and I'm a fan. I'm wearing my jersey. Uh, you know, I think I had a Chase Utley jersey on at the time too, probably one of the most popular Phillies at that time. I think it was wow. back – probably when 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 they were in the, on that run. Wow. Uh, yeah, well, I remember the game but, in particular we're talking about. It was when the vet was still there. I think it was the last year of the vet. Oh well, then it was, it was before, opening day. Phillies Pirates. Yeah, it was before the run. Day. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, but anyway, I, I wanted to get back into the music a little bit, though. I, 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 I kind of was thinking, I was thinking about this earlier, and I was going to kind of ask the question to all three of us. 
So basically the question that I have, and this is a tough one, and I don't want you to think too hard into it, but this goes for metal. So if you had to pick a Mount Rushmore of metal, Mm -hmm. meaning so you'd have to pick one vocalist, one guitarist, one drummer, and one bassist, who would your Mount Rushmore be? Can I add keyboardist too? (laughs) Okay, yeah, we'll add a fifth to the Mount Rushmore. There you go. Um, Oh, vocalist. That's tough. Um, in metal, not, I mean, cause obviously if we're going all time, it would probably be like Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin, but hey, who's that, in, why are you putting words in her mouth? Why does it have to be Robert Plant? I'm <laughs> sorry. I like Joe Elliott a lot from Def Leppard. I think he's a great vocalist. Bruce Dickinson also from Iron Maiden. Fantastic. Represent. I uh, saw them when they came to Connecticut two years ago. It was my daughter's college graduation present. And they were just unbelievable. And Nico Brickbrain had just um, gotten cured for cancer. They were, it was like a Broadway show. They were. Yeah, they have the best live show. Yeah, very theatrical show. Yeah. And Steve Harris's son's band opened up for them. And they were great too. Um, So it's like a mix between probably like Joe Elliott or Bruce Dickinson. Okay. Guitar player? Wow, that's a tough one. Maybe Vivian Campbell? Love Viv. I'm catching a Def Leppard theme here. Rudy Sarzo, Cuban, player, drummer. I mean, Eric Carr is no longer alive, but it would be Eric Carr or, um, oh gosh, I just had him in my head. Rick Allen. Gotta love Rick and what he's done with one arm. Yes. And keyboardist, Greg Fox. I knew you were going there. That's all good. Just saying it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yep. Well, you know me, Jay. I'm not a I hate doing this. It's, it's torture to me. It's okay. It's you fun. know me, I'm not a big list guy. And I know, but I'm trying to have fun. Mood. Okay, I and I'm with you. I, well, that's why I'm prefacing it. I don't want to be held accountable for my list, which could change tomorrow. <laughs> But okay, I'm going like Mount Rushmore of heavy metal vocalists. Just on the principle of him being the metal god, I would have to say Rob Halford. Mm-hmm. But on the principle of my favorite band of all time being Guns N' Roses and the guy who has hit more recorded notes than Pavarotti on an album, I'm going Axel. I'm going Axel. So I'm, Axel's my vocalist. Um, but all due respect to Rob, I love you. Um, my lead guitar player. How could it be anybody other than Eddie? I'm going Eddie Van Halen. I'm going Edward Van Halen. You know, I, I I mean, I guess you could also say Tony Iommi for inventing mm-hmm. the genre. But to me, Eddie Van Halen perfected the genre. And everything that came after was based off of what Eddie did. So mm-hmm. I'm going Eddie. And for my bass player, I love so many bass players. But you know what? Again, they're my favorite band. And also just because I think he's evolved so much as a bass player. And he has played so many different genres of music. And he basically is like a guy that will be on anybody's album. And he, he's a great songwriter in his own right. And, and I love his vocal style, even though it's a little unique. It doesn't pay to try. Duff. I'm going with Duff Rose McKagan. Mm-hmm. So, and then my drummer. Oof. That's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um... So many that I love. I could say Alex Van Halen. 
I could say Tommy Lee, who I don't think is the best technical drummer, but he's definitely got a lot of technical skills. He was in marching band in high school, and he's a great theatrical drummer. So I could go Tommy. Oh, it's a tough one. It's a tough one for me. I'm going to think of it, and then I'm going to think of, oh, I meant this guy. I, I'm you know, I mean, I'm just going to go because I, he's so influential in my life. One of, one of my other favorite bands and seeing him in concert, like I said, he's so theatrical. I'm going Tommy Lee. Mm. Like I said, that list could change tomorrow. <laughs> no, I forgot about Eddie Van Halen. He yeah, did they, a radio show in Connecticut about 12 years ago. He did an interview. And I called up just to hear Summer Nights. Lord and behold, Eddie Van Halen was being interviewed. They asked if I wanted to say hello to Eddie. We were talking about pizza. I was so nervous talking to the guy. And then when he passed away, everybody was sharing their stories. And I put something out there about saying hello to him and talking about pizza on a local radio station here in Connecticut. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So, Jay, why don't you give us yours since you put us on the spot? Well, you forgot your keyboardist. Oh, it's Greg Fox. Everybody knows that. Thank you. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> All right, well. Although Eddie's up there, too. Yes. Eddie Van Halen. Yes. Doesn't get enough credit as a keyboardist. True. But he's Very amazing. True. But, yes. You give me yours, Jay. Well, I'm probably going to surprise you in quite a few ways. Well, not, not not for vocalists, though, because you actually already – for me, it's between – I know you went between Axel and Rob. Mine is kind of a combination between Rob Halford and Bruce Dickinson. Mm -hmm. But I'm definitely going to have to go with Rob just because I, I think as much as Bruce Dickinson did with Iron Maiden, Rob Halford basically, like, to me, Rob Halford is the metal god. So he belongs on the Rushmore. So he's I, I'll chime in here because you guys both kind of hit on Bruce Dickinson. He's an amazing singer, no question. You're talking about the great vocalists of metal. He's definitely on the list. But I think that Rob's voice transcends a little bit more. Rob has that operatic voice, but he also has that gritty voice. Like, I can't see Bruce Dickinson fronting fight. Like, Rob Halford can sing, like, hardcore. He could sing uh, industrial. He could sing classic. Yeah. He's got that. To me, Bruce Dickinson is more of an acquired taste. That's my personal I opinion. I just think he's a little more – theatrical operatic all the time and that's not my favorite style you know what i mean bruce dickinson is always operatic theatrical i think rob is more like axel i think axel and rob are very diverse in what they do that's why I prefer another great vocalist but here's the thing and jay loves ronnie i'm surprised you didn't say that jay jay would put ronnie up there i know he would again amazing Amazing, but he's just not my it's not my favorite style. Like I think Ronnie's kind of like Bruce Dickinson, where it's like I always call it like that Dungeons and Dragons metal. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's like always it's very theatrical, and sometimes I just like a four-minute four-four rock and roll song with punk influence. So I don't always want to be so serious. Right. <laughs> you know, sure. so that's why they're not my personal favorite, but that takes nothing away because when you're talking the great vocalists, I'm putting Ronnie James Dio and Bruce Dickinson at or near the top. But I, I just well, want to explain why, I because you guys both hit on Bruce Dickinson, why I don't put him there for me. I just I, – to me, he's more of an acquired taste, in my opinion. But there's no right or wrong here. Mm -hmm. So, 
Well, go on. Well, I mean, there is kind of a right or wrong because you, you hit it on the head. I mean, I don't think you could have said it any more perfect. Like, I, you're right. I, I have all three. Of the, like, if I, it's so hard for me to choose one, but because of the fact that Rob Halford can kind of do every single style on the vocal range. I mean, like what he did with fight, I yeah. agree. I mean, I could never, even as much as Ronnie James Dio could belt out, you know, you know, some amazing, amazing, you know, masterpieces. I can't see Ronnie, Ronnie James Dio being on that fight album. Mm -hmm. So I'm going Rob Halford, you know, for my top vocalist, my top bassist, so, so what you're saying is there is a right or wrong because the right answer is Rob Alfred. That's my right answer. <laughs> I, I, That's what you I, meant. <laughs> I love Axel, but I can't put him over Rob Halford. Well, Axel's my personal favorite. You know, I got you. I, I agree. I mean, how do you go wrong with Rob Halford? Rob Halford's the male god. Like he's now. The male. What about Running Monroe? Excellent. There's so many. Jeff he's Tate. excellent, but I, I mean, wouldn't put him on the Mount. Yeah. When we're talking Mount Rushmore. We're talking top of the yeah. top. But so there's Alex so Cooper? many. So Alex many. For two. What's that? Alice Cooper? Oh, well, Alice, I Cooper. Alice a great vocalist. I think he's more of a great theatrical showman. Yeah. I wouldn't consider him a great vocalist. Right. But no. I love Alice. Love Alice. He's definitely a great entertainer. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And I would put him, you know, if you wanted to pick a list of, of great entertainers, he might right. be on. Oh, absolutely. He basically um, invented the shock um, but that's my vocalist. <laughs> so anyway, bass guitar, love Duff McKagan. My personal favorite, even though he, even in, he was basically, a lot of people said he's not even that good is Nikki six. He's mm -hmm. my personal favorite, but my Mount Rushmore I'm going to have to go Cliff Burton, dude. Yeah. Cliff Burton might have been the be best bassist of all time and not just in metal. I mean, the guy was a, a friggin' genius. You can go Getty Lee. There's so, like, I just love Duff personally, but you can go Getty Lee. But, Flea, oh, I, you could go. <laughs> yeah, but I'm talking, well, yeah, but metal, it's got to be Cliff Burton. I mean, that guy, I mean, I know, you know, Metallica's had some good bassists after him, but no one compares to Cliff Burton. So he's on my Mount Rushmore. Am I going to get crucified for saying this? I love Cliff Burton, but don't you think he's been martyred a little bit because he died in the tragic accident? I don't. I think he's. I do. I think he's amazing. I, 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 I listened think to Jason what you said was amazing, and they turned his base down. <laughs> I don't think Jason Newstead <laughs> can hold his Cliff. He's an amazing, but I just do think he's been martyred a bit. That's me. Huh. I That's mean, you're entitled to that opinion. I'm entitled. Yep. Um, my drummer. This is probably going to shock you too, but my drummer's got to be Mike Portnoy. I was oh, going to go Mike Portnoy or Dave Lombardo from Slayer. Excellent choices. Cuban too. Dave Lombardo could be my long lost Cuban cousin. I'll find. You know out. who I didn't think of? I said my list could change moment to moment. Charlie Benante. He might be yeah, my favorite thrash drummer. Definitely. He is amazing. I could easily go Charlie. But go on, Jay. And not, 
if we're talking my favorite, it could be Nick Menza too. Yeah. Yes. I mean, there's so many, that, and that's the thing, and, and you're right, and that's why you hate these lists because it's exactly. like they're, they're so. It's basically, you know, how your taste is. But guitar, I mean, there's not even anyone that can compare. Like, if I wanted to say my favorite, my favorite, per, my personal favorite guitarist is Slash. But if we're going Mount Rushmore, I've got to have to. We wouldn't have a Slash if we didn't have Eddie Van Halen. So, well, here's the thing. I mean, Slash is doesn't even really of all the metal guitarists. Slash probably imitates Eddie the least. No, I agree. Which is why, which is why we I think we both love Slash's playing because let's be honest, Slash isn't a great technical player, and he's actually at times very sloppy. But that's no, what I love feels. about Slash. It feels the, he has a feel. That's one of the favorite things I loved about Guns N' Roses shows when they were at their prime was how sloppy they could be because that's what made it raw and dangerous and real. Like they would come out, they didn't have a set list. The only thing that was set in stone was that Mr. Brownstone was being played second. Outside of that, what are we playing? You know, and, and it could be slap, it could be they were hammered drunk, whatever. It was sloppy, but it was raw. And that's what I loved about Slash. So I don't think Slash is really an Eddie disciple in that sense, but all the other guys are. But I think I kind of get what you're saying, how you love Slash. There's nothing wrong with that. It's He's definitely not the Eddie Van Halen. He's I mean, honestly, if, if I had to – like I said, my personal preference, I like his style because – I agree. I think it's so unique. And I agree. Out of all the guitar – like, let's face it, all the Eddie – all the 80, late 80s metal 90 guitarists, they were all chasing what Eddie was. Oh, sure. Flash was kind of like the antithesis of Eddie in, in that he played more of like a blues type, you know, punk type style of guitar. And that's kind of what I liked, especially about that, you know, the 87, you know, Appetite for Destruction release. The whole the blues. Material. I mean, the to whole this day, blues. you've never seen Slash two-hand tap on the neck of the guitar. He doesn't do it. He says that even, and it was a disaster of a performance, but you might remember when Velvet Revolver did Ain't Talking About Love at the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction for Van Halen. As much as I loved Velvet Revolver and I love Slash and I love Duff, I thought it was a disaster of a performance because Scott mm -hmm. Weiland's voice was just not there and it was sloppy. So of all performances, that was the worst. But even on that, you saw Slash, when he got to the lead, he was just kind of just doing it on hammer-ons and pull-offs. He wasn't playing like Eddie at all, you know, with the tapping. So even when he was covering Van Halen, Slash didn't emulate Eddie Van Halen, which speaks a lot, mm -hmm. you know? But anyway. Oh, yeah. So, well, what oh, were wait, you going to say? Wait, did I? What did you cut out? Did I cut out? Maybe you did. I don't know. What's the last thing yeah, you heard? I couldn't understand what you were saying. Maybe I maybe I did cut out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no problem, Jay. So, oh, well, I didn't pick my keyboardist. Hmm. We're ready. Well, it's Greg Fox. Yay. <laughs> so it's Yay. a trifecta for Greg. Yeah. We love you, Greg. Anyway, Christina, I wanted to say we, it was an honor having you on the show tonight. Before we split, why don't you tell everybody one more time, where they can check you out, all your different social medias. Tell everybody where that where to find you. Um, I have a Facebook page. Then I have a business page link. It's 
Crazy Cuban 73. I have an Instagram page, which is Crazy Cuban 73. I have a linked Edin page. Um, I had Twitter, but I was just holding up too much data. So I just dis disabled that. Um, yeah, that's basically all. Um, I just want to thank you guys for having me on tonight. I want to thank all the bands that have been supporting me. Um, Lonnie Hammer and Hammer Down Hard. You talk about one heck of a drummer. Holy shit, he was in Jack Russell's Great Wife for a while. He's an excellent vocalist, too. Um, there's an awesome hard rock band in Arizona called Dead West. Oh, my gosh. The lead singer, Vinny Sky. Wow. It's like Leonard Skinner, but a little harder. There he is. Hey, Greg. There's Greg. There he is. There I am. We love you, too, Greg. <laughs> there's a new um, – he's not metal, but he's a solo guitarist. His name is Russ Hewitt, and he kind of looks like Marty Freeman a little bit. Man, when he can play that guitar, that guitar can sing. Oof. Um, of course, Renaissance Rock Orchestra, Stepchild with Kevin Jones. Um, so many people. There's an Argentinian band I'm working with called Ironia. Um, okay. A guitar player from Finland, originally from Chile, named Eric Avila. No, we're not related. I wish we were. I was going to say, is that your long-lost cousin? I wish. That's the first thing I asked him. And he <laughs> said, no, that's all right. A band from London called uh, Shameful Behavior. Milan, Italy. They're called Bolzano, Italy, called Scanners. There's just tons and tons of musicians, but everyone out there that has been supporting me that's made everything happen. You guys got to check out Love Bone with Roy Costin. Check out his website. Also, Ronnie Robson from um, Ontario, Toronto, Canada. He has a website too. He's another one. All the musicians I'm working with. Carlos Arroyo, guitar player from Orange County. He's another one. He has a Jimi Hendrix trivia band called Stone Free. And they just... <laughs> I don't hate you, Greg. <laughs> okay, Greg, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's all good. Um, but yeah, everyone out there that I'm promoting, I'm working with, assisting, representing, everybody out there, thank you so much. And thank you guys for having me on tonight, too. Hey. Absolutely. It, it was a blast. I, I mean, like I said, you know, earlier, you're, you have a great story and I love what you're doing in this, uh, the music scene. And like I said, uh, get, get these bands, uh, out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Get back to playing. Keep the music alive. I'm trying to. Playing. I'm trying awesome. to. Thanks again, Christina. It's been a pleasure. Everybody out there. We hope you enjoyed the show. Um, hit us up. Check out our website, www.sportsandmetal.com. Check us out on YouTube at Sports and Metal, Twitter at Sports and Metal, Facebook at Sports and Metal. Check us out. Leave comments. Leave feedback. We want to hear it. If you have questions, shoot us a message, sportsandmetal at sportsandmetal.com. You can email us. We want to hear from you. And uh, as always, rock on. Peace out. Thank Bye, you. Bye, Christina. And that's our show. Tune in next time for more Sports and Metal. With Jason Voorhees and Aaron Savage. Woo, yeah. Got something to say? Hit us up at sportsandmetal0423 at yahoo.com or on Twitter at 